This is the Ultimate Attorney Podcast, the podcast for small law firms who want to create a thriving legal practice. Each week, we'll uncover the ways that you can improve your referrals, your marketing, and your business operations, helping you to generate more revenue and elevating your life and your law practice. In each episode, we'll tap into some of the closest guarded secrets from industry titans, thought leaders, and legal specialists. We're glad that you've tuned in. And once again, it's time to help you become an ultimate attorney. Welcome back to the Ultimate Attorney Podcast. My name is Dre Redfern. And this is Alexis Neely. And we're glad to have you back with us for yet another awesome episode. In this week's episode, we're going to cover a topic that many of you may be challenged with or have been challenged with over the last few years. And that is getting your spouse and or your family on board with you building your law practice. There's a lot of emotions that go into this. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of facets to consider. And if you can get over that hurdle and get to that next step and have that law practice that you're really looking for, well, then that's amazing. But for many individuals, constantly going home and feeling uncertain with their partner's feelings about their legal practice or having that emotional sort of discourse around it, there's a lot of stuff that we want to help you overcome in this week's episode. Yeah, this was a big one for me because remember, when I graduated law school, I went to work for a big law firm and I had a six-figure paycheck and my husband was a stay-at-home dad. And he kind of banked on that reality, you know, he just, that's what he expected was going to happen. So three years later, when I talked about leaving the security of that six figure paycheck, he got really nervous. So I understand this issue myself very well. Uh, He did not come from an entrepreneurial family himself. And he wasn't so sure about the idea of me going out on my own and launching a law practice and was he going to be taken care of and was I going to be able to support the family? And he did like the idea that I wouldn't have to commute an hour each way, which I really liked as well, but he wasn't so sure about the financial piece. And we're hearing that quite a bit from many of the lawyers that we work with at New Law Business Model, that this is an issue that they have to overcome as well is how do I get my spouse on board? And then on the flip side, I did work with a woman recently who her spouse was fully on board. He's totally entrepreneurial himself, but her family is not entrepreneurial. And so every time she would talk with her family about her law practice, all she would get from them is their fears about how they didn't understand what she was doing or why she was doing it. They didn't know if she should make this investment or that investment. In fact, they thought that she should be able to just, you know, pay for everything to build a law practice out of the revenue that she was bringing in, but she didn't know how to bring in any revenue into her law practice. So she was really feeling the crunch of this catch 22 and not feeling supported by her family along the way. And so I wonder if you have experienced that in your own life. I know you come from a very entrepreneurial family and I believe that your spouse is entrepreneurial too, but maybe you've seen this with your own clients, Dre. Yeah. So my dad was an entrepreneur. My wife is an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur, but just because you have an entrepreneurship like background doesn't mean that like it's right for you. So for example, like my first few years in business were awful. Like it's the learning curve. It's the dumb taxes that we all pay because we're going to try and do it ourselves Mm. because that's the tried and true way to do it. And you know, you pay those dumb taxes, you make a lot of mistakes. And in fact, in my first business that I started, it took me three years to make a single dollar. That's how bad it was. 
And this wasn't like when I was like in my teens, I was in my twenties. I had already had business experience that business. It took three years. And so entrepreneurship, you know, even a background doesn't necessarily make it easy. Even if you have the right individuals around you, even though those individuals might to be a little bit more understanding of the entrepreneurship journey. So like, but my wife doesn't identify with that. I mean, the first moment where she decided she was going to start her business, she made six figures her first year as a photographer. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen in that field of law. So I, or the field of uh, photography. So I, I think that it does help to have entrepreneurship around you or in your family, but it doesn't necessarily mean that obviously anything is guaranteed. I can see how it's going to be much more difficult if you don't have some sort of entrepreneurship genes or individuals around you. So for example, like one of the individuals in our ultimate attorney programs, one of our coaching programs was on a coaching call uh, a few weeks ago and just broke down because her husband is sick of her practicing law. And she's just starting to get success. She's, you know, hit the multi six figure level, but you know, costs are increasing, margins are shrinking. She's trying to grow the practice and he doesn't want to go along for the ride anymore. So there's essentially like almost like an ultimatum where it's put up or shut up, like change something or I'm changing and I'm leaving you sort of thing. Like that's a massive sort of ultimatum when it comes to practicing law, not saying that that's going to happen to all of our listeners because that doesn't necessarily happen very often, but these sorts of things are out there. And it's a really sort of interesting scenario because in my opinion, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it is usually a you know two to five year journey until you really get the momentum that you need to scale it to the next level. Now, that could be shortened if you have the right mentors around you. If you are in the new law business model, if you're in an ultimate attorney program, if you go, if you have some other mentor somewhere else, that time can be shortened, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the individuals around you uh, are going through the same sort of coaching calls and experiences and all of the things that you are. And because they're not necessarily like, quote unquote, drinking the Kool-Aid, they're not involved in it, it's difficult for them to relate to those facets that you may be going through. So this is why like individuals like, you know, massive personality brands like a Tony Robbins or a Brendan Burchard or whatever else, they give you the tools necessary to then like take home to explain what you went through for your family, for your significant other, for those individuals to get them more on board with whatever, whatever changes you may be actually instilling in your life. Because most times if you go to a seminar or any sort of event like that, or any coaching program, you come home and you're super excited to tell your spouse or significant you're like, I can't believe this. I'm excited to do this and this and this and this and this. And then they immediately take a really sharp needle and just stick it straight through that balloon and just blow it up because they don't understand a word you're saying. They can't relate to it. They don't get it. And so the easiest way to handle that situation isn't necessarily like, oh, tell me more about it. It's (laughs) I don't get it. And so this isn't great. And fear sets in and all of those negative emotions. So there's a lot to sort of unpack here. And from our clients, we see it, you know, even though like I'm super like quick start on the Colby index and I have a bunch of ideas, even individuals around me have to rein me back in on the, on the entrepreneurship side. But in the field of law, we see this so, so much with many attorneys out there. And so Ali, I feel like it would be worthwhile to really give them some of the like action plans or steps that may help them like make this easier or make the transition to the home life easier. Because if something big happens at work, 
you want to be able to go home and have your significant other celebrate that with you instead of like burst that bubble. Absolutely. And, you know, I have to imagine that back in the day, if it had been three years since, you know, it took you three years to make your first dollar, if I have to imagine that if you had not come from an entrepreneurial family, you might have quit sooner. That for people who do not have the support of their family, if you're a lawyer, you don't have the support of your spouse, the biggest risk is that you will quit because you don't have that support. So what do you do if you don't have that support? Because the truth of the matter is, I think one of the most important skills in any business, whether you're a lawyer or any other kind of business person, is persistence, is that you keep going, you make the mistakes, you learn from the mistakes, you grow from the mistakes, and ultimately, you will figure it out. And as Dre said, yes, you'll figure it out much sooner if you have people like us to help you shortcut and if you give up, you'll never get to the prize. And so if you have a spouse who is continuously encouraging you to give up, what do you do? So here's, here's one thing. It is that you need to begin with getting really clear in yourself why you want to build your own law practice. Why do you want to build your own law practice? You've got to start there. Why is it critical for you to build your own law practice? It could be that what's happening is that your spouse is being a mirror for you and simply reflecting back to you your own uncertainties, your own insecurities, so that you can face them. Maybe you have not sufficiently faced them within yourself. And if that's the case, if you have not sufficiently faced your insecurities, or your uncertainties in yourself, guess what happens? You take them and you actually project them out onto others, whether it's your spouse or your parents or other people, and then they get reflected back to you so that you can address them outside of you. If you can address them though inside of you, and I recommend the, the way you do this is you get a journal. And you write down all of the reasons it's critical for you to be in law practice for yourself. And those reasons can be everything from the practical, like for example, you want to earn a certain amount of money. And then if you do want to earn that amount of money, why do you want to earn that amount of money? What are you going to do with it? Because you're, again, your why has to be big enough to get you over the hurdles, to get you to actually move through the fears that are going to come up, to move through the roadblocks that are going to come up. It's just all part of business. So we want to know not just that, well, I want to earn $10,000 a month. Okay, why? Why is it important for you to have that $10,000 a month? What are you going to do with it? What is it going to give you? What experiences are you going to be able to have? How is it going to help you to have that extra money? It's very important that you know that if it's because you've got a financial goal. It might be because you have a self-esteem goal. It might be that you know, if you are not using your law degree in a specific way, you're just not going to feel fulfilled in your life. And Great. If that's what's true, it's really important that you've got that clarity and that you're able to communicate that to your spouse or your family. So get out your journal and get clear on your why. Why is it so important for you to have your own law practice? For me, it was because I needed to, number one, stop the commute. Now I had two children. I didn't want to be pumping again with my second one, making the one-hour commute each way with both of my kids at home. That was a really important one. 
two, I did not like the way that we were delivering legal services under the traditional model at the big law firm. And I wanted to be able to do something different. I wanted to be able to serve clients in a way that I knew was really going to serve them in my hometown. And three, I really wanted to create this hometown kind of practice where I would be able to have time with my kids. That was really, really, really important to me. And then fourth, was the money. The fact is, even though I had a six-figure paycheck that was very secure at the big law firm, it was capped. And half of it was going to taxes and insurance and retirement account. And even though that paycheck seemed big on paper, at the end of the day, it was really small and I couldn't make any more. So I, it seemed big, but it was in fact capped and there was no way that I could increase that paycheck and get to the financial goals that I really had for my life if I was going to continue to work for a big law firm. Unless, of course, maybe one day I became partner, but I couldn't even see the track to that happening. There was like no future. So once I got clear on all of the reasons that it was critical for me to have my own law practice, I could then go to my spouse and say, okay, this is why I want to do it. And can we get on the same page? Because it's really important that we be a team. And one of the things that really helped is by, well, I shouldn't say it helped now, back then, <laughs> because at that time I didn't have it. But if I had this issue come up now, one of the things that would really help would be a, being able to look at the numbers of the law practice with him. Back then I didn't have it. I just had some vague idea around the numbers of the law practice. I had some vague idea I'd be able to make it work. I had some vague idea of exactly how many clients I would need each month and at what average fee to hit our financial goals as a, as a team, as a partnership. But it was vague. I didn't, I didn't have reality. Today, if I was sitting down with him and making that case, I would give him the specifics. I would say, okay, honey, here's our Here's our personal financial goals that we have as a team, as a couple, for our family. And here's exactly how the practice that I'm creating is going to help me to create those goals. I'm going to need to engage X number of clients each month at X average fee. Here's what the expenses are going to be for the practice. And here's how much we're going to be able to take home at the end of the day. And here's how we're going to be using that. And I created a tool to help you do that because back in the day, I didn't have that and it made things much harder. And you can get that tool yourself at moneymapforlawyers.com and you can use it. You can actually go through it with your spouse. And when your spouse or your family sees that you're taking this business thing seriously, really looking at the numbers, really looking at the time that you're going to put in, really looking at how you're going to utilize your calendar and free up your time based on knowing the specifics. I think that they're going to change their tune about how much support you get, but you have to show them that first. There's so many nuggets to unpack there. So one of the things that I, I love about that is that many attorneys, in fact, just many people in general, don't run their business like a business. They run it like an expensive hobby, even if they're working you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And a perfect example of this is that I've got a friend who sold his company the first time for, I think it was like 12 or $13 million, like a pretty good exit. And then started another company, sold it for low seven figures and didn't really have to work anymore, but started this business. And it was like a magazine sort of like publishing thing and was just losing money every single month, every single month for like years. And it really just became this realization where it wasn't a business, but he loved doing it. It was just a really expensive hobby. 
And there's a really sort of big psychological shift there when you actually start running your business like a business. And I'm not saying that individuals who are, who are hustling and working 60 or 70 hours a week aren't working well or hard, but there's a huge difference in what Ali just said. There's like, actually looking at the numbers because like having your, you know, your head down going through the motions is great. But again, you got to look at the full picture here, not just generating money because the buck stops with you. You need to actually run it like a business, go through the numbers and actually treat it that way. Now, when you do, there also becomes that psychological shift in your significant other, your spouse, whatever it may be, because they recognize how serious you're taking it. Mm -hmm. And not just like, I'm working really hard. Can't you see that I'm working really hard? I'm trying to provide for this family. Don't you understand? Like, that's the conversation that I'm, I'm, I'm sure happens like time and time again for many of the listeners and many of our clients. But when you change that and when you flip it on its head and you like have the conversation of like, this is what it looks like. This is what the vision is. And the way that I usually like to get there with a lot of our clients is asking or like framing the conversation on what is it all for? Mm -hmm. So you became an attorney. Why? Yeah. Is it to help people? Is it to make money? Is it to have status? Is it to have significance? Is mm. it to afford the time and freedom to be with your family? I'm guessing not too many attorneys have that last one, even if that's the, the reason why. And if you ask yourself that question, and if you even take that a step further, because many attorneys or many individuals may have a hard time just with that question as a whole, if you were to basically imagine on your last day of practicing law, so you have all of your items that you've loaded up in your brown box and you're walking out of your legal practice for the last time. Maybe you sold it. Maybe you are just are closing the doors, whatever it is. What will you have to show for it? Mm-hmm. And frankly, we've talked about this before. Most law firms are largely worthless because most individuals build personal brands and not legal businesses. But that's we can talk about that later. But in general, like, what did you build? Like, what was it all for? And that question alone really gives you purpose. And if you have that purpose, it makes it really easy to then communicate that purpose to your family, to your significant other, to your loved ones, to uh, whoever it may be, because there's more momentum and there's more strength in your convictions and what you're actually working towards or building towards. And not only that, that confidence that goes and ties along with it is like, let's be honest, like confidence is sexy. And even if it's not producing money yet, the fact that you're confident and you're running your business like a business and you're taking it seriously, it makes it much, much easier for your family, spouse, significant other to get on board with because they know that you have a purpose and that's what you're working towards. But you got to really realize why you became an attorney in the first place. What is it all for? And if that's not, if that's a tough question for you to grapple with, when you turn that key for the last time and you're walking away with that brown box, what will you have to show for it? And that really gives you a lot of perspective on how to find that purpose, create that momentum and that strength in your convictions, which really carries to your relationships. And if you can do that, it makes the conversations about your work much easier. It makes how other individuals can relate to your work much, much easier. And we've talked about this too, to a certain degree that many attorneys think that you went to law school, you have all the answers, this sorts of thing, and showing vulnerability 
is weakness. That's not the case here. Like these are the individuals who love you the most, who are, you know, who want to be around you through thick and thin. And just because you're an attorney and you may be able to argue a point doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best way to get individuals and family members on board. Don't argue it. Basically just present your purpose and present what you're doing and show them the numbers, walk them through the process. And that in and of itself with your family creates the momentum, the strength in your convictions. And that helps to bolster more of a cohesive relationship with your family and your loved ones. Absolutely. And part of it also is that if your loved ones are coming to you with fear, your spouse, your parents, one of the great things to do is to try and understand where their fear is coming from rather than you know, having it trigger your own fear, which I imagine you have. Of course, it's totally normal to have fear when you're building a business. Notice that their fear could be justified. And if their fear is justified, maybe your fear is also justified. That doesn't mean to run away or to not move forward with building your law practice. What it means is to take the actions that are going to be most likely to lead to your success. So maybe you don't really know how to work with the numbers of your law practice. Maybe you aren't sure about how to be a business person. You've never been in business yourself before. Maybe make an inventory. That's one of the uh, assignments that we often have our clients do is make an inventory of those fears. What are they? And do some worst case scenario planning. Worst case scenario planning is really, really valuable. What if this fear is true? Okay, great. Now, how can I plan for it so that it doesn't come true. Maybe I can learn how to manage the numbers of my business. Maybe I can learn how to look at those numbers in a way that lets me see exactly what I need to be doing next. Maybe I need to learn how to engage clients so that I know that no matter what, I can use my law degree and offer a valuable, valuable service and get hired. And if I knew how to engage clients and get hired by people I love to serve, well, then maybe that would address the fear because now I wouldn't have to be afraid of running out of money. I could just go out and engage more clients. And then the next step would be, oh, maybe if I know that I can engage clients, I know that all I have to do is educate people in my community. Well, the next fear might be, well, you don't know how to educate people in your community. Okay, great. Well, you could learn that. You can learn how to educate people in your community. And so if we take those fears and we don't try to push them away, we don't defend against them, but instead we say, okay, my spouse is afraid. What is he or she afraid of? Oh, am I afraid of that too? Maybe I am. Okay, great. How can we address that together as a team? So the only time that your spouse or other family members are going to keep you from creating the law practice that you truly want to have is if you aren't rooted in your own self about why you want to have that practice what is it all about exactly like Dre was saying? Why is it so important to you? And then if you are actually willing to meet their fears and your own so that you can create a plan to come up with all of the specific things that you'll need to do to create the law practice of your dreams. And I promise you that if you take baby steps towards whatever your vision is and don't expect it all to happen overnight, that you will be just absolutely shocked in just three months, six months, nine months, a year, how much you can accomplish towards taking those steps towards your dreams. And then you look back 
And it may seem like all along, wow, this is taking a lot longer than I thought. But then you look back and you think, whoa, I created so much more than I could have imagined in such a short period of time. So it really does start with your commitment to meet your spouse in their fears, meet your family in their fears, meet yourself in your own fears, come up with a plan to really take step-by-step baby steps every single day towards the, the, the clarity of what it is that you want to create. What kind of a law practice do you want to have? Who do you want to serve? We'll cover that in another episode. How many clients do you want to be serving? How much time do you want to be putting into that law practice? How much do you want to be making in your law practice, taking home from your law practice? How many clients will you need to engage each month to be able to serve those or to be able to take home that amount of money in the amount of time that you have meeting your personal financial and time goals. And again, we've got that tool for you at moneymapforlawyers.com. And so Dre, if there's anything else you want to add, I'd love for you to, to do that here. And then maybe also let folks know what we've got coming up next. Yeah. So, you know, there's one final quote that I probably want to leave everybody with, and it's a Bill Gates quote that you may have heard before. And it's that most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. And that's just so, so pertinent. Like just looking back on my life thus far, when you're in the trenches, it feels like, oh my gosh, how, you know, when is that finish line going to come? But once you start to get a little success and that, that snowball becomes more or less like a, a bigger snowball, then it gets bigger and then it becomes like an avalanche. You have all of this like forward momentum. And when you look back on it, you really say, just like you said, Allie, like, my gosh, like I've really done a lot of great things. And so just have a little bit of that perspective. Like you're in it, you're in the grind. And yes, it is difficult at some moments, but as long as you have that purpose figured out, you are working towards something bigger and brighter for your future. And so this is a great episode. I think we've got, you know, there's just so many things to unpack it for individuals to think about, whether it's their purpose or what is it all for how they relate with their family. And I think that this may be one that maybe some of those individuals have to go back and listen to again. But Mm -hmm. while they do that, or while you wait for the next episode, which is going to be on when you need to use credit and really the best ways that you can take on debt when it comes to growing your legal practice. So that's what we have in store for you next week. In the meantime, go listen to this episode again, and we're looking forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Ultimate Attorney Podcast. Hey there, Dre Redfern here, and we appreciate you listening to this week's episode of the Ultimate Attorney Podcast. Now, before you go, I have three quick things for you. Number one, if you're not already receiving our free premium content, then go to ultimateattorneypodcast.com and register on the right-hand column to receive all of our best free resources. Now, when you do, we'll send you access to our next level law firm bootcamp, which is a seven-day video series to help you reduce the stress of running your law firm, create more revenue predictability, and sell your services with greater ease, and it's all completely free. All you have to do is visit ultimateattorneypodcast.com and register on the right-hand side. The second thing that I have for you is that Ultimate Attorney is going to be hosting a live two-day event 
in Dallas, Texas on May 2nd and 3rd, and I would love to see you there. During these two days, we're gonna walk you through our six-part process to help you level up to create a seven-figure law firm and show you how you can radically scale your law firm to meet your goals. We're also giving away more than $2,000 worth of free templates, resources, and implementation plans to help you level up your law firm from the moment you leave the event. You're gonna love it and I would love to see you there. So for more information and to register, simply visit ultimateattorneylive.com. Number three, and finally, we don't monetize this podcast with ads or sponsors. So the best compliment that you could give us would be to rate us five stars on iTunes. And when you do, you'll be entered into our monthly drawing to receive one of our three courses that Allie and I offer that are valued between $1,000 and $3,000. So don't miss out on that opportunity and we would greatly appreciate your share and your five-star review. So that's all for now. Thank you again for listening to the Ultimate Attorney Podcast, and we'll see you on next week's episode.